You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. I am so excited for today's podcast episode because I'm going to introduce you to one of my coaches, Jennifer Grisecci, who has truly, I think, transformed my mindset and really opened my eyes in terms of how much we as women and creatives and ambitious humans really hold ourselves back and really get in our own way. And I literally messaged her the other day and I said, hey, can you come on the podcast with me and can we just have a conversation about rejection? And this conversation is so good. It is so helpful. And I want you to know that you get to come back and listen to this podcast episode a hundred times. Because one of the things I know I struggled with a lot was what I would make customers' feedback customer complaints, clients that you never hear from, what I would make it mean. And Jenny is so good at deconstructing that thought process and really showing us what's standing in the way of us becoming truly unstoppable in our business. So I'm so excited to share this week's podcast episode with you and to give you a taste of what it's like to work with her. If you are a business owner and you are not a floral designer and you are looking for a mentor and a coach and somebody who can help you really transform everything, <laughs> visit jennifergrisecci.com. I will put the link in the show notes so that you have it. She is a phenomenal coach and mentor and friend and you need to just go find her because she also is one of the most beautiful humans that you will ever see in your entire life. So her hair is just remarkable, and its I fell in love with her on day one, mostly because of that. So my friends, please do enjoy this conversation about rejection. It's happening. You're here. I'm excited to talk to a human. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know anything. So and you don't have like to know anything. Fun. It's kind of thinking, it's just like you and I having a conversation and we'll do our best to try and stick to one topic, but we never do. So it's fine. Even just talking about rejection and having a conversation about it, like it's a normal thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> just thinking the fact that it's like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast and talk about rejection with me? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like it is, the thing is, is it is normal, but we've decided that it's not normal and it's mm. like, has to be feared. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about it, obviously. And I was like, we get rejected more than we get not rejected. Like we don't know about it most of the time, but like someone's walking down the street and we smile at them and they just either smile or they don't, or, you know, it's like, not like we get married to everyone, you know, like. <laughs> It's crazy. It's such a, but that's such a good point. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, duh. Like, the yeah, vast majority that. of humans will actually reject our, our offer, what we've made. I don't yeah. even know if it's necessarily, like, reject us as human beings. But, like, 
normalizing it and just making it part of our ebb and flow of the day. Yeah. So good. Oh, the lady at the checkout didn't smile at me today. Rejected. (laughs) Yeah. And of course the actual rejection, it goes in the sea line. It's neutral. It's what we make it mean that makes it so painful. Mm. And you know, why we try to avoid it is all what we make it mean. And it's like, we've just, you know, turned it into like something, like you said, that's not normal. It's totally normal. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Like, think about how many people you've made offers to. What if they all said yes? You'd just be like dead. You would just disintegrate and there Mm -hmm. would be no little bird bloom, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like we don't want everyone to say yes. Mm -hmm. Then You know, so yeah, I I love this. I think it's so great you're talking about it. Well, and because I know, like, certainly I will say from my perspective, I didn't realize how much the fear of rejection held me back in terms of taking bold action in my business. Like I didn't realize that that was what was kind of masking underneath the surface Mm -hmm. that I think it's really interesting to talk about from a creative point of view, from a business owner point of view, from a female point of view, from a human point of view. Yeah. And, and learning to build resilience, but also embracing rejection as part of, I think particularly like the business building experience yeah. Right. In the, in the context of sales, somebody will say, if you have a close rate of one in four, mm. you're doing phenomenally well. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's just rejection said in a different form. 75% of the people are going to explicitly say no to you. Yeah. Let alone the millions of people who don't even know that you are a thing. <laughs> yeah. Like if we can just get that to be so expected. Yeah. And we don't make it mean anything about us or even our product. Yeah. And that it's a normal part of the process. And I think I spend so much time thinking about the the social construct. I can't believe I just said those words, but the social construct of floral design and the community with which we operate in, because it's so driven by pretty pictures, Mm. right? And pretty pictures then drives popularity and that drives, you know, Instagram followers. And then everybody's like, Oh, look, her life is perfect. She has her shit together. She's a magical unicorn. Yeah. Meanwhile, us, (laughs) everyone, including that person that we look at and think has their life together is experiencing their life and the human experience with the full range of emotions. Mm -hmm. And maybe they just got on Instagram at the right place at the right time. And, or maybe they just went and paid a thousand dollars for a hundred thousand followers. We'll never know. But it's so interesting how even just in the commentary of this industry, it's like, we don't talk about rejection. Nobody talks about the fact that you're not going to hear back from the vast majority of people that contact you and ask for floral design services. Mm -hmm. So then we make it all this big thing when our clients, you know, it's like the badge that we put on it is like, oh, my clients keep ghosting me, mm. right? Therefore, what's wrong with me? Right. That was my thought process. <laughs> yeah. Which I do laugh at now. And I have to say, it's thanks to you that I get to laugh at that now because it was through our work together that you really un- unpacked that for me. But the idea of allowing, accepting, embracing rejection as part of the business development, creative development process. And maybe mm-hmm. it's a sign that you're doing it right. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, just think if you think if you knew that no one would reject you, you would, ha- you would be so 
paralyzed to make offers because you don't know, <laughs> even if you want to work with some of these people, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, what if you had, what if you made an offer and you were beating yourself up because you hadn't heard from the person and then someone comes along and says, hey, that person, by the way, they're a serial killer, <laughs> right? So then you'd be like, oh my gosh, I dodged a bullet. This is how we know that rejection itself isn't what hurts us. It's what we're making it mean. If we make it mean that we dodged a bullet, then we feel fine. If we make it mean that we are a piece of shit and we can't, we're, we're not, we're no good at this job and we should just quit, then it hurts, you know, and that's why we try to avoid it. We wouldn't try to avoid it if we didn't make it mean something that hurts. That's really what it is. And I think too, to your point earlier that, you know, we say we're afraid of failure. Why are we afraid to fail though? Like mm. most of us don't mind failing in private. We can kind of laugh at ourselves and be like, oh, well, no one saw that. <laughs> we don't want to fail in front of people. Why? Because we don't want to be rejected. Like everything hinges on this idea that we are going to have to suffer if we're rejected, but we are the ones who are causing the suffering because of what mm. we're making it mean about us. Like all we have to do is change what we make it mean. And then nothing can stop you. Like you're just, you're golden, you know? So yeah, that's it. It's so interesting though, because it's, I think even I hear you say that and I go, oh, right. This is why a lot of floral designers struggle with pricing, right? Yeah. It's because if there's a lack of business sophistication, a lack of marketing know-how, the only thing we have to hang our hat on is I must need to be the lowest cost supplier in order to get the clients. And then you recognize that that doesn't even work. Mm. So it's just like, that's when you make it, that's when you point it at yourself. Yeah. (laughs) That's when you say, it's just me. I like, I'm too fat. That's the problem. (laughs) Right. Like it starts with like, oh, people are rejecting me. I must be doing it wrong. And then you change your pricing and you design, you change your designs and you, you know, decide to change your marketing strategies or whatever. And then it still doesn't work because people aren't supposed to always accept what you offer them. And so then when you keep getting rejected, you're like, well, then it must be me. Like I'm the common denominator Mm -hmm. here. I must be the problem. Let me just quit. You know, I'll just go jump in a lake and that's the end of that, you know, and that's what stops us. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. And because then we layer on top the creative side of it, right? People are rejecting me. Like either I'm not hearing back from clients or I'm hearing a lot of no from people who have reached out to ask to work with me. Well, there must be something wrong with me and I must not be a good designer. Right. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's me and everything I do. Therefore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, there are people out there that one in four, which I would say it's probably more like one in 20 who are just waiting for you to come along. They identify with everything that you have. They can't wait. As soon as they finally see you, they'll be like, holy shit, this is my person. This Mm -hmm. is exactly what I want. But we don't put ourselves out there because we're afraid of rejection. And again, we're not afraid of rejection. We're afraid of how mean we're going to be to ourselves when we perceive that we've been rejected, you know? Our, my people just love hearing stories and it's a really fascinating thing um, 
I think this conversation is going to be so helpful for them because it's not a thing anybody talks about in our industry. And I think even as creatives, right? How much we beat ourselves up, how much we fall into that spiral of I'm not good enough and all the different mm-hmm. ways that it happens. Mm-hmm. Cause everybody's obsessed with the right design mechanics and the latest yeah. color, latest fashionable flower design aesthetic. <laughs> because that's so much easier to talk about than I, I hate myself and I suck. And <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Like everyone's like, it's, Let's it's see. such a Which good do point I though. Do? It's, that is yeah. such a good point. It is so much easier for somebody to teach a design mechanic, talk about color theory and trends in floral design than it is to talk about the human condition. Yeah. <laughs> but, but again, it's because our, you know, we, we all think that rejection is like this big, scary monster with a capital R. And we're like, well, I'm not going to talk about that right now. Like, let's just talk about something a little more surface. I won't have to be vulnerable if I just talk about pricing, you know, um, if I have to face the big, scary monster, yeah, that does require some vulnerability, I think. And um, I, I feel like people are getting better at that over the years. Since I've been alive walking on this planet, people are a little more inclined to be vulnerable with each other. But I mean, it's the thing is, is once you realize how much it's derailing you, once you realize how much it's affecting, you know, impacting your ability to succeed, you become more willing to talk about it, which is why you are who you are coaching and helping mm. your people. And you also become how ha- you become so aware. And I think this is so powerful for me is like, you become so aware of who and what you've handed your control over to in terms of how you make decisions and how you navigate your business and how you navigate your life and how you navigate your creativity. Yeah right? It's like this idea of, I mean, even if we like distill it down into like some super microscopic examples, being open in our industry and being transparent with what goes into floral design, how does this whole thing work? Where do our flowers come from? Um, You know, what is the process involved to making this happen? You know, what should you say to a floral designer to get the best work out of them? There are so many florists in our industry who are so scared to talk about that stuff for fear of what their peers will say to them, Mm. right? Not even because it could be in service to our customers and we could level up this industry, but it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, what are, what are my peers going to say about me talking about this stuff? Yeah. My peers might reject me. Yeah. And then I won't feel like I'm a part of the community. Yeah. Right. And even. This is one of my favorite examples because in our business, this is where things really changed for us. We did the exact opposite of one of the most common narratives in our industry. Most floral designers like to keep pricing really close to their chest behind closed doors. We're not going to make it easy for our clients to figure out how much money they need to be able to create the impact that they're looking for. Hmm. So in our business, we decided... I'm going to do the best thing for the client. I'm going to be really upfront with pricing. I'm going to write blog posts. I'm going to talk about it on, in, on, the, on, on the Instagrams. And we're going to do all the things that are traditionally not done in our industry because I know it could be of service to my clients. And the resistance that a lot of floral designers have to do that because it's not the norm mm-hmm. in our industry. It's not familiar. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, oh, can I really do that? <laughs> Usually the first question. <laughs> You're like, I give you permission. Let me wave my little wand here. <laughs> and how much we're not conscious of the conditioning within our industry, let alone the conditioning of being um, women, creatives, you know, Western society, business owners, like all like the patriarchy and everything that layers on top of it. It's just like the courage that's required to break the tradition is so it's like, you're literally going against the grain. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when it comes right down to it, like not to beat a dead horse, you're what you're really going against though, is just your own, your own thoughts, your own, um, what, what you're making it mean, you know, you, your, your own mean girl in your head is what you're really afraid of. Cause if you can just say, okay, listen, rejection is a thing that we've been like hardwired to fear, you know, going back to our ancestors when people were living in tribal groups and being separated from the group was going to be, you know, imminent danger and, and a, a survival risk. And so we've got that in us. We all have it. We are all like, I'm afraid of rejection. Well, the first thing we have to do is just be like, well, why? Because putting yourself out there, you know, offering certain pricing or certain types of designs, or just like being willing to go against the rules, you know, it might feel like you're going to die. It might feel like it's a matter of survival in your body. But once you are on top of that and you're aware that that's just your, your pre-wired, your hardwired your brain is wired for that. Then you can just override that mechanism and just be like, okay, this is normal for me to fear this. This is a normal human, you know, reaction. So now what do I want to do with this? Do mm-hmm. I want to like, let it bully me around or do I want to, you know, cognitively decide that I want to think of, look at this thing differently, you know, rejection by this person in front of me really has nothing to do with me at all or my worth. There's no, nothing that ties it to my innate worth and, and therefore even just my creative work, right? Because there's no way to, to tie those together definitively. Mm. And so, you know, we can, just, we can just decide that this is just part of the process. Like you said, this is just, this person is not my customer. Next doesn't have to mean anything terrible. We don't, and we don't have to agree with all the things that others might think it means about us. Our peers might think it means about us. And it's so interesting because I love taking these ideas and then uh, like applying it to super specific situations because where we like as floral designers find ourselves on like super rocky ground is even in navigating customer complaints. Mm. Right. And we're so our brain by default, as you're saying, right, this idea of it's, it's pre-programmed in us. And without a level of consciousness, we can't reprogram that narrative. But by default, Mm -hmm. most of us are going to think when somebody's like, when somebody emails, calls, DMs, and says, my flowers are dead, or my flowers (laughs) didn't last as long as I thought that they would. It's very easy for us. And when left to its own devices, our brain is going to be, and therefore I'm not good enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus even what you're saying, that idea of like almost interrupting that pattern and being like, okay, well, what's actually happening in front of me? A customer Mm -hmm. has sent in an email and it says my flowers did not last as long as I expected them to. That is all that is happening right now. 
Right. And that level of awareness that's required to make that happen. And I think accepting the rejection programming, the default rejection narrative as part of the human brain doing what it was programmed to do mm -hmm. is so powerful. Yeah. Right. And because nobody in our industry talks about navigating customer complaints that, that they're a normal part of this business. Right. For years, I walked around continually using customer complaints as a way to prove to myself that I wasn't good enough. <laughs> mm. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and again, no one wants to talk about that because can we please talk about these beautiful peonies over here? Mm -hmm. So much more fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I spent $65 on at the market just so I could get a picture and look cool on Instagram. Right. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> They're not yes, part of the event know, that I am like designing for this weekend. They're nothing that I'm going to be able to make money off of in my shop, but just so that I can look the part on Instagram. Yeah. So I won't be rejected for not looking yeah. the part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. What's crazy about it is, is that everyone knows that that's what's happening too. I mean, like, or people at least have a hunch, right? They're like, did they really use those flowers? Is this just for the picture? How many likes did I don't they get? No, like that's how. When I tell you that our industry is so secretive, I don't think that many floral designers realize that that's a thing that people intentionally do. Mm -hmm. Right? I. It's so easy for us, right? And particularly if you're, you know, one of us who who shops at the Sydney Flower Market, right? And you see the quote famous florists walking around, and they have all the cool product and the beautiful things, and they're spending all the money. Mm. We have no idea if that's, if that's for a paying client. Yeah. Or is part of their business budget go to buying the product to take the picture, to post to Instagram, to continue to play the part because that's an integral part of their brand and their like kind of leadership position within the industry. And then we say they're obviously doing it right. They're so successful that they can just buy flowers and throw them on the ground when they're done. And we're doing it wrong. <laughs> we're obviously not smart like them. You know, that's what happens, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Oh my God, I laugh so hard because it's exactly what happens. Yeah. Right? It's like, yes, I'm going to buy these peonies that are on the cusp of shattering and I'm going to pay $65 for them wholesale. <laughs> and then they're going to end up in the bin. Yeah. But I got the gram. <laughs> I, I, I showed everyone how awesome and successful I am, you know, and maybe they are, but it's not the only way to success. That's what, that's one thing we know. And it, you know, it's about the awareness of what's happening in your brain when you perceive rejection, like for sure, it's about awareness, like you were saying, and, it, and it's about, you know, interrupting that thought process, that thought feeling combo process that goes from, you know, they're rejecting me too. I should just, you know, go live in a van under a river or something. Like there's that thought that you interrupting that and saying, hold on, this is normal. I, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. This is like a normal response, but it's optional. I can override it and then begin to take it from that awareness to practice, right? Where you're just like, getting really good at that. And every time you feel the discomfort of quote rejection come up, you're just like, Oh yeah, there it is. That's mm. that thing. I'm aware of it. 
And I have a, I have a plan and I have a practice that I do, which is to say that I don't make it mean all that shit about me. I make it mean this instead. I make it mean that this person is having their own thoughts about things. Maybe they had, you know, 10 different people that they consulted with and I'm just one of the nine who didn't get picked or, you know, and we can, we can start thinking it about it different, differently in ways that don't hurt us and derail us from our goals. Because mm. as soon as we start thinking we're doing it wrong or there's something wrong with us, we, we hold back. We don't, we distract ourselves. We, you know, whatever, we, we leave work early and go have ice cream, whatever it is that we, <laughs> are you telling me that ice cream doesn't make us happy? <laughs> it does make us happy. And that's why we do it. <laughs> oh, and it's so true, right? Because I think as business owners, we, we put off doing the thing that we really want to be doing, right? We come up with excuses and we literally put ourselves in a box because we make somebody else's comment or somebody else's commentary or somebody else's feedback continually reinforce the narrative that most of us have walked around with for decades. Yeah. That's such a good way to put it. Right? And it derails us from our goals because as soon as we start making it mean that we're not doing it right, then we start making a bunch of changes. So we lower our prices. We do this. We do that. We change our designs. And pretty soon we're, we're so confused by where are the goalposts anymore. We, it's hard to commit to our work and it's hard to analyze how we did with that particular thing or campaign or whatever it is. Like it's hard to analyze it because it got so screwy because we kept changing everything rather, you know what I mean? Rather than just like sticking with it, getting, getting to the end and then looking back and making a, an honest assessment and, and then, you know, integrating change for the next time if you need to, or whatever. I feel like that's what happened. I know that happens to me. I start making it mean that I'm doing it wrong and I start changing everything. And then I'm just, it's just like this huge, like, I'm like, what am I doing again? I don't even know what my goals are. Yeah. It's so bad. And we we always change it to try to look like what we think other people are doing, which we don't Mm -hmm. even know. Like, Mm -hmm. how can we even know? And then you like for you and I, right. We wake up one day and we're just like, what the fuck have we just created over here? What am I doing? Yeah. What did I get here? And what is this? Like, what is this thing? I don't even like the job that I've given myself because I keep reacting to what I think everybody else is expecting from me or what I think this thing should look like. Yeah. Right. Which is so interesting, right? Because if we go back to one of those super powerful, simple questions to ask ourselves is like, what is it that you really want? Yeah. Right. And I think as creatives, we don't ever ask ourselves that. Yeah because we think it should look a certain way. Well, and especially creatives who are in a service industry. And if you're a woman, that's like a double whammy because you are assuming that it's your job to please people and rejection, you're making rejection mean that you didn't please people, right? You didn't serve them well. And if you're a woman, that's just like a double whammy because women are supposed to always please people, kind of. And Canadian. And so, I'll say for all of my Canadian friends, we're going to put a third whammy on there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're Canadian, you're supposed whammy, to be nice all or, the time. If, if you're a woman, a Canadian, and you're in the flower <laughs> industry. It's a fucking disaster. <laughs> rejection is like super scary, right? Because it's like, holy cow, it's a trifecta. 
right? And if you've been walking around for decades thinking that there's something wrong with you, yeah, right? The minute that you don't get enough likes on in- Instagram, the minute you get a, you know, a non-response from somebody, the minute you don't hear back from a customer, the minute you get a customer complaint, right? The minute you get a one-star review on Google, the minute, I don't know, your mom says, what's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is this thing that you're making? <laughs> and your family looks at you like, what do you spend your time doing in the day? I don't understand. You make all of those things like reinforce yeah. that dialogue that we've had for so many years of, I'm not good enough. I must not be capable of figuring this out. Mm-hmm. And then we go on Instagram, right? And we indulge in just extreme comparisonitis yeah. and continue to find evidence to support the fact that all of their lives are perfect. Look at how effortless she is in her beautiful, I don't know, 100% bamboo, sustainable, organic attire carrying her perfect baby with her cute <laughs> dog. <laughs> yeah, I'll just give up now. Forget it. I know, I do. And this. she paid $65 for the fancy peonies from the market. So she's just curated the perfect picture. Yeah. And we think that that's, that's what we're all striving for is that experience. But it goes back to what you were saying about like, I think when we find ourselves getting derailed like that, then we have to go back and be like, why am I doing this in the first place? Why am I, why did I start a business? Why do I like, why did I choose flowers? You know, and we have to reconnect with our why I think is so helpful because then we can sort of like kind of just come back to our home base and Mm. we begin to realize that we really do have something valuable that we want to bring into the world. And then we get to decide if we want to let quote rejection. And I say quote, because I feel like I just think we've turned it into this big, scary monster in caps. It's all it means. I think I can't remember what you said earlier, but all it means is that someone like weighed in. Someone just like gave their feedback and said, thanks, but no thanks. But we make it mean like, oh, I've been rejected. And, and just, we just think that it's like, it carries with it, like this big whole slew of negative emotion. Right. But it doesn't, it just means someone weighed in with their thoughts. Mm Mm-hmm we're the ones who have the emotions that we're the ones that are creating all that emotion totally around that word, you know? So if we can demystify the, the act, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a natural part of life. We, it's like, we walk through the supermarket. We don't pick everything. <laughs> oh my God. There's that's so such a good example. We, we, so many things we reject, right? What do we like? What do all the donuts think when we keep walking? Right. By? <laughs> We're just like going through and selecting, you know, a very small and think about that, like all of the stuff that comes your way in one day through the internet or whatever, like you're not saying yes to all that stuff. Mm. We don't have to make it mean that there's something wrong with us. Yeah. And I had to do a lot of, um, because I think when you make the decision to start your own business, because you're putting yourself into the position of being a CEO, It's a different Mm -hmm. persona than I think a lot of us ever necessarily envisioned we would be taking on. Mm -hmm. And we're so used to being told by everybody else what to do and teachers and bosses and mentors and leaders in our community and our parents who are like, well, this is what you need to do next. And then you go to grade eight and then you do grade nine and then da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. 
you make the decision to start a business and you don't realize all of the emotional roller coasting that comes with it. Right. And when we aren't aware of it, right. And then the phone rings and a customer says, I was really disappointed in the flowers that you delivered to my mom on mother's day. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we're sucked into the black hole of insufficiency. Yeah. I'm not good enough, good enough. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. And I remember very consciously sitting down one day and selling myself on the benefits of getting customer complaints. Oh, I love it. Right. Like I literally had to sit down and be like, why is it to my business's advantage that the customer mm-hmm. will send a DM, email, or call? And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, this is actually a gift. Mm-hmm. Right. We could have a half functioning website. And they could send you a DM that says, oh, I'm trying to order online, but it won't let me enter my delivery address. It's like, oh, great. Yeah. We don't even need to be in, in charge of technology and quality control. <laughs> the like, world will do for that. that for us. Right. And particularly when we're as floral designers, right? Sometimes we go and source product from new growers or there's a new wholesaler that comes in and, or we get sucked into, you know, the cool kids and like, yeah, I'm going to buy that really beautiful halibore that's just arrived and you put it in an arrangement and it goes to the customer and then it dies within 24 hours and very Mm. intentionally telling myself, I'm so appreciative of the humans who will give me that feedback to say the quality of that product Mm. isn't up to the standard. So I don't even need to worry about it. Instead, we have a plan that we've sorted out ahead of time It says, here's our business's philosophy. Here's the script. Here's how we respond to a customer complaint so that we're armed while our brain is having a fucking party trying to continue to find evidence to support the fact that we're not good enough, but also leaning in and deciding this is about product and process and customer service and communication. This is like a system problem. This isn't a self-worth problem. Yes, always. Yeah. And when you, when you don't take it personally and you just take it as a step to, towards where you're going, a step towards even more excellence, how fun is that? I love that. And I think that's true for any creative person, like anything a person is doing, you know, we, we just, we're so afraid of rejection that we, many of us, and I'm like the queen of the fan club here, um, <laughs> become perfectionists, right? As if that's a thing. I'll just do, I'll just be perfect and then no one will reject me. And then I don't have to feel the, the, the pain of rejection, which is not a shame that I've made it mean. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we go out and we try to achieve perfection and lo and behold, we find out that we are actually not a robot. We're actually a human. We're not supposed to be perfect. And so once we start making friends with rejection and we start not making it mean all this terrible stuff, instead of saying, I mean, I think about this all the time. In fact, I've said this to friends. I'm so glad you're not a robot. I, I love humans so much more than I love robots. I don't want you to be a robot. And <laughs> who, who would ever want that, right? What kind of flower arrangement would a fucking robot come up with? It would be horrible, right? It would, it would lack life and, and spirit and all of that. And so we learn that we can just go out and, you know, express ourselves mm. and people are walking through the grocery store and they come upon us and they go, yes or no. And they move on and it yeah. gets to be okay. Yeah. Like we just get to be on the cereal aisle next to the fruit loops and yeah. corn pops. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's so brilliant. 
but then it makes it so special, right? When that one person comes along and picks us and they just go, man, you resonate with me. What you've done, it really resonates. It's, it's, it's making me feel good or whatever. Mm. Like when someone actually is impacted positively, it makes it that much more sweet when we've had Mm -hmm. people who've passed us by, you know? Yeah. 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 I think as well, even going circling back to the perfectionist concept, I think what really sold me on embracing the non-perfection process was recognizing that we're dealing with mother nature. Yeah, really. And it's so the much beauty is out of, your of mother control. nature is that we want the stem that's a little bit curved and the blooms facing slightly a weird angle. Mm, that's what makes it beautiful. Right? Like it's so interesting how even one of the biggest trends in our industry, well, there's about 15 trends, but <laughs> one of the things that you see a lot on Instagram is people peeling roses. And it's like, well, now you're just taking what is a machine produced picture perfect rose. And you're changing it into something different. What does this mean? Peeling roses. Like you, you peel the petals back so that they go like, so one, a lot of the roses that are created, um, particularly from South America, you know, they're as close to machine made as a lot of us flowers could be because they're so crafted in their Mm. molecules and their genetics. They come out of the, they come out of the box with a very almost rectangular cone, like, cone-shaped head, Mm -hmm. right? So you'll see a lot of floral designers then manipulate the blooms so they look much more like something that might grow in your garden. Mm, How funny. So you're just changing it into something different altogether. And that's when it becomes art, when you put your, you know, your little stamp on there. Mm -hmm. And that's what's attractive ultimately to, to the people, the consumer, they want art. They want it to be, and they want it to be unique. I mean, who wants the same thing that everyone else has? I don't know. I guess some people want that, but. Well, we fight with customers because they want a level of security and predictability like all humans do. Yeah. Right. So our customers, because our industry is so closed off and floral designers are so hush hush about the information and expertise that we have, we don't share it with our customers. So then they decide the best thing to do is become a dictator in this relationship, oh, right. yeah. which a lot of florists then fall into the servant mentality, which I did for years and allowed the customer to take charge of the whole relationship and the whole aesthetic and all of the creativity. Which is so crazy because they don't know anything <laughs> about it. No, it's, it's like, like but it's so normal when you say that because you're not like, you're not in the yeah. industry, like conditions the way that we're kind of conditioned yeah. to navigate some of these things that for you, it's just like, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no, I really am not thinking that because I've done this in my own business, as you know, with my marketing team, right? I'm like, I'm like, I'm asking them to tell me how to market my own business. Like, wait a minute, who's in, who's in charge? So yeah. no, who's in charge? Totally a thing. thing. Yeah. 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 So we allow the customer to then be in charge and then we end up in a fucking hot mess and wonder why we hate the work that we're producing. Mm. We're not making money and we grow really resentful. And then yeah. we get back on Instagram. We look at that person and their perfect baby and their dog and their linen outfit. <laughs> like, oh, there must be it's something wrong every with time. <laughs> There's a vicious cycle here that happens with a lot of us. Anyway, I think just the idea of coming back full circle and just deciding 
knowing that rejection is part of the process and it's a very normal part of the process is such a powerful concept to just try on. A hundred percent. And just really um, deciding that someone's feedback in the form of rejection doesn't diminish your abilities. It doesn't diminish your self-worth. It doesn't diminish your art. It doesn't diminish your capabilities. It doesn't diminish anything. It's just a commentary is really all it is. And, you know, if you get rejected by a hundred people and they all say the same thing, that is, that's where it's a gift, right? Where you can go, okay, hold on. Maybe there's something I want to change here, but we just rush to this defensiveness of like, I'm not a bad person. I'm not worthless. And we just get all, all distracted by that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think even going out of our way to make sure that it's almost a data driven process. Right? I love Cause that. it's like, we're going to like, I'm going to, as a human say to you, oh, but they're all, they're all saying the same thing, right? Yeah. Every human on the planet is saying the same thing. And then you're going to be, okay, let's go through this one at a time. And you're like, yeah. well, that person's no was for a different reason. This person said everything just changed altogether. Like their reasons and the data that we gather are actually falling into different categories. Right. Yeah. But we're so wrapped up in it emotionally that we just generalize all over the place. Yeah. But making it data driven is so helpful. Yeah. I mean, it's so helpful. It can only be helpful when you make it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. So how can people find out more about you? If they want to work with you. Well, they can um, find me on my website at um, www.jennifergrisecchi.com, which people are like, how do you spell that name? Well, anyway, I'll put know, it in the show notes so that you guys have a link to it. And I if, cannot if, tell if you. You're, if you're listening and you're an Italian, then it's <laughs> Graseschi. I probably with said it wrong. the hand motion. Right. With a little flourish. <laughs> A very dramatic Italian flourish. Uh, Jennifer Grisecci. And then you can find me on Instagram at Jennifer Grisecci underscore life coach. Or you can look at my photography page, which is uh, at Jenny Grisecci. And I will tell you guys that Jenny has pretty much transformed my life. She's fucking amazing human. And I love her. And if you're not a floral designer, you need to go work with her because she will rock your world in the best way possible. You better watch out. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. End of the episode.